Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning to everyone that's joining us in this year's FreightWaves 3PL Summit. There's lots of great content, lots of great speakers and perspectives that are being shared, and I hope our audience gets as much out of this event as I have. Now, you might be asking, why is this guy wearing sunglasses during a fireside chat? And I got to tell you, although we are working through so many challenges in supply chains, supply chain has been up-leveled, logistics has been up-leveled, and I've got to tell you the future is so bright, I've got to wear shades. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself before I introduce our speaker today. Uh, my name is Ravi Desange, and I'm part of Intel's global supply chain. Uh, we have 3,600 amazing people that, in my opinion, act as a nervous system, enabling Intel to run off and do amazing things. I head up strategic programs looking for ways to partner with our ecosystem to ensure the right capabilities at the right time, and specifically for logistics, that we can hit any pitch that's been throwing, thrown our way. And prior to joining Intel, I spent my time building my acumen from driving forklifts to managing large commercial organizations, managing M&A activity, and managing country operations for a sizable 3PL. And through that journey, I've met some amazing people. And one of my dear friends that I'm proud to introduce you to today is Dr. Noel Hasegaba. Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, Robbie, first of all, thank you for the kind invitation and kind words. I uh, want the audience to know that it's mutual. It's always great to reconnect. I currently serve as a deputy executive director at the Port of Long Beach, and I function as a chief operating officer. I'm responsible for the day-to-day -day operations and administrative tasks for the nation's second largest seaport. And prior to this role, I served as a chief commercial officer, and before that, as the executive officer to the board for a total of 11 years with the Port of Long Beach. And it's been an amazing journey and have had uh, the wonderful opportunity to meet many friends, including yourself. Now, the Port of Long Beach obviously is a major gateway for uh, Trans-Pacific trade. And I'm sure you'll ask me in a few moments, but we've been extremely busy these days, making sure that we're doing everything possible around the clock to get the cargo to where it needs to get. And by the way, Robbie, those shades look great on you. <laughs> Thank you, Noel. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I tell you, I'm, I'm amazed at how calm you are, right? I mean, within the BCO community and your community, there's so much going on. So the fact that you made time for us today and, you know, I know there's a million things going on and a million moving parts. So, you know, I got to tell you, Noel, you always look super calm when we talk. And I, I appreciate that, that confidence you bring to the conversation. Um, look, let's talk a little bit about resilient supply chains, right? So, you know, there's a lot of talk about this in our industry. You know, it's, it's, it's a buzzword now, resiliency. But, uh, you know, what can you point to in your past experience uh, and your upbringing through supply chain and through the Port of Long Beach that has helped you navigating, you know, navigate through these uh, challenging or, or exciting times, as we say? Well, you know, first of all, I, I tell people that it's a good thing I can walk and chew gum at the same time, because if there's one thing this pandemic and the experience we've all gone through over the past 12 months has taught us is uh, there, there's a lot of fires that you've got to put out simultaneously. But I would say this in response to your question, Robbie. You know, our, our industry is not immune to disruption. I mean, we haven't had, quote unquote, a normal year in quite some time. The last few years, it's either been the uh, U.S.-China trade war. It's been a realignment, massive realignment in the industry, uh, the new alliance structure. This year, it, it was probably the, the largest form of a perfect storm anyone could have imagined. And the truth is, I don't know that anyone 
could have prepared for the magnitude of this disruption. But what's interesting is that the effects of this pandemic and the way they manifested themselves across the supply chain are the same issues that we've been dealing with for years and years and years, right? Whether it's uh, an imbalance in, in, the, in, in the equipment on the rail side, on the truck side, uh, whether it's uh, uh, the, the vessel bunching, whether it's uh, chassis fluidity that's been impacted, whether it's a warehouse and DC space uh, fully subscribed. Uh, these are common issues that we wrestle with on a year-to-year -year basis. Now, obviously, what the pandemic did is that it exacerbated these issues. It heightened awareness about some of these gaps in our industry. And I think what it's taught us all is that we need to do a better job in communicating with each other, collaborating, making sure that we're sharing information in real time so that everyone can make real-time decisions uh, that get their, 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 their cargo where it needs to get. And, and that's what I, I have learned personally from this journey is that collaboration, communication, coordination are the keys to facilitating the movement of cargo through the supply chain. Yeah, very well said. And, and it's amazing as you're going through all of those things, I think as an importer, a BCO, those things really resonate with me because they're the similar dynamics, right? And similar challenges and similar things that we had to go after. I, I can tell you, Noel, from my perspective, even though, you know, there were a lot of challenges around the pandemic and a lot of, uh, you know, things got, um, let's say, amplified, if you will, you know, whether they were good or bad, I think in some ways it was a shot in the arm for supply chain logistics, right? And, uh, you know, I've talked about, you know, this with you, Noel, and, and in other venues, you know, supply chains have really been moved to the forefront, right? And 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 I consider everyone with supply chain today a superhero in this industry. And and that shot in the arm has has given everyone that uh, platform now to go off and do amazing things. How has that visibility uh, impacted uh, uh, the port of Long Beach and your operations and and your ecosystem? Great question, Ravi. And before I get to that, let, let me just uh, you know support what you just said about the shot in the arm. I mean. I don't want to minimize uh, some of the challenges and some of the pain points that we're all experiencing as a result of the pandemic. But I can tell you the fact that our port remained open throughout the pandemic, the fact that our dock workers masked up, they showed up to work each and every day. We never had to close a single day. The fact that we kept port operations moving, cargo kept moving, is 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 really a, an achievement in and of itself. I mean, uh, we were able to uh, expedite and prioritize containers carrying COVID-19 related medical supplies, PPE, and, and get them to their eventual destination. And that to me, Robbie, shows the power of what we can achieve together when we do collaborate, uh, when we do exchange information, because that effort required a lot of close coordination between the terminal operators, the shipping lines, the trucking companies, and the BCOs. So if we could do that for the thousands of containers that had to be prioritized and expedited, uh, carrying PPE and COVID-19 related supplies, think about what we can do on a day-to-day -day basis if we have the visibility that you're talking about. Visibility is key. It's the only way for everyone in the supply chain to plan their operations, plan their, their, their human capital, uh, plan uh, their business models. But what I see here is that information is not flowing as readily as seamlessly. And I think uh, what we've learned uh, throughout this, this past year is that to the extent that we can facilitate that transfer of data, um, 
that will be key in transferring uh, that cargo. So the, the better we become at offering visibility of clear across the supply chain end to end, I think it puts BCOs in a, in a, in a more advantageous position uh, to be able to make their decisions as well. So I think visibility is going to be key going forward. And, and we're fully behind that. Uh, we put out a, a report, Robbie, uh, called the WAVE report. And that's precisely to uh, enable our partners across the supply chain to have better visibility to the status of ships, containers, uh, terminal operations. And this is something that we're going to continue to raise the bar on and continue to facilitate. Yeah, that uh, you touched on two things. I think one is, you know, Noel, the human glue, right? I mean, we live in amazing times and there's so many technological advances in what we're doing, but uh, none of that is, is uh, you know, can be enabled without the human glue. And that's really important that we continue to, you know, uh, uh, highlight that throughout this journey. Um, and, you know, in relation to visibility, I think, you know, we've been in this game, if you will, for a long time. And, uh, you know, breaking down the silos and ensuring that, you know, collaborative environment. Uh, and, and, you know, there is an element of co-opetition because you have folks feeding information and giving visibility and transparency where historically that wasn't very comfortable. Those weren't muscles that people really worked on. So, you know, these are different times or amazing times. And, and, you know, I echo what you're saying in terms of that human glue, uh, uh, and ensuring that visibility across our nervous systems, if you will. Um, yeah, you know, there's, it, as I think about, you know, kind of where we are uh, as Intel and the things we're looking at, you know, we're a global manufacturer, right? But from a U.S. perspective, an importer of BCO, right, for this discussion. And, you know, there's some good news out there in terms of capacity, right? I mean, we've got some limited passenger flights, uh, you know, that are coming back because people are traveling and flights are coming back online. Uh, you've got some more freighter uh, capacity coming back after, you know, uh, Chinese New Year and, and maintenance, you know, or coming out, out after, you know, getting maintenance during Chinese New Year. But, but you know, those are some of the nuggets within a sea of what I call not so good news, right? I mean, you know, Noel, I don't have to tell you, but the network is currently overloaded to the max, right? I mean, there are delays uh, in every node within the supply chain due to capacity, uh, you know, especially on trans-Pacific trade lanes coming inbound to the port of Long Beach. You know, we're seeing, uh, you know, massive impacts there, um, you know, as a company. You know, COVID is impacting, you know, workforces throughout the entire West Coast you know, ocean logistics system. And, uh, you know, frankly, the demand is outstripping supply for capacity, right? All of us BCOs are fighting for capacity and fighting for priority. Um, and, and I know how this is impacting Intel, um, but how is this impacting what you do and, and how are you dealing with these challenges? Well, Robbie, I mean, that really is the question of the day. And I wish I could tell you that your situation is unique, right? But it really is common. And what's happened is uh, capacity was tightened in response to the pandemic. Uh, a lot of uh, segments in the supply chain employed social distancing rules, the health orders that were put into place, limited capacity. You know, what's different about this disruption is that normally when you have disruption, it, it impacts one or two segments of the supply chain, right? It's either the first mile or the last mile. But this pandemic has impacted the first mile, the last mile, and every mile in between. And so when you have a situation where capacity is being tightened, when uh, the flow of cargo 
uh, shifts on a dime. I mean, we went, if you look at cargo volumes in 2020, it's really the tale of two halves. We went from record blank sailings and double-digit declines to a record cargo surge that we're still handling today. And we're already in March. The way I describe it is we went from doom and gloom to fast and furious on a dime. And I think what happened is that the, the supply chain was slow to respond, but more importantly, the supply chain in general did not pick up on the cues, right? When the pandemic started spreading across Asia and it, it paralyzed manufacturing, it was, we, we knew it was just a matter of time before the pandemic made, made its way to America, right? The, the virus was eventually going to make its way here. I think a better planning, um, greater visibility, uh, better coordination, uh, like you said, the human glue, uh, folks coming together, the railroads, the BCOs, the shipping lines, the terminal operators, looking at their own domains, if you will, and trying to understand what a cargo surge uh, would represent for their operations. Had we done better planning, had we had better data, had we had better visibility, I think all of us would have been better prepared for the surge. But here's, here's what I would add, though. What we're doing in response to this, because we don't want BCOs to suffer the pain or we want to mitigate it, we've been working around the clock. Our marine terminal operators are maximizing gate hours, day shift, night shift. Uh, we have uh, ships at Anchorage today because of limited capacity, not just within the terminals, but in the hinterland, uh, the, the warehousing DCs. So we're, we're working around the clock to get those ships to berth, to get those boxes discharged. We, as a port authority, made 40 acres available on a temporary basis as a staging site just within the port uh, to provide relief to these terminals and get those containers out of there as quickly as possible to make more capacity available. Robbie, we're working with our marine terminal operators to, uh, to, to really drive up the overall percentage of dual transactions where a truck drops off a load and in the very same transaction picks up a load, right? So right now we've got terminals that are doing 70% dual transactions. So we're, we're working with our terminal operators to move the needle uh, and, 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 and get the supply chain fluidity back to where it needs to get. And we're going to continue to do that because um, our success is measured by the success of our BCOs, including Intel. And, and that's why getting your feedback understanding your pain points, understanding your issues is so critical for us to be able to respond accordingly. And we will continue to do that. Yeah, that's great, great impact and that uh, great feedback. And that, you know, gets me thinking as a BCO, um, you know, the BCOs and importers, shippers, the ones that were able to come out of this environment, uh, say better equipped, were the ones that went deeper, right? And and they they moved very uh, 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 intentionally and quickly, uh, and going deeper means having conversations like this. Um, you know, now hearing from somebody like yourself and and hearing about all the, you know, challenges, but also the way you're overcoming those challenges is really, I think, uh, you know, important for us to understand. Uh, but you know, it's something that generally BCOs and importers don't think about because. We're acting, uh, we're interacting through an intermediary, right? We would be interacting through an NVOCC or in some cases directly with a steamship line. But how can BCOs and importers get more of that deep dive information in terms of what's going on in the port of Long Beach or, or port authorities in general? So we understand 
you know, what it is you're doing, because I think you're doing so many more things that we know about uh, or that we understand. And I think that information gets delayed as it's coming our way. So what's your advice for, for folks on our side of the table in terms of educating ourselves and, and getting transparency on those things you, you mentioned? Sure. I, I would say it goes back to the human element, right? Because uh, so many times uh, our shippers, our BCO customers, uh, know their container is in the terminal, or they know it's on a vessel at Anchorage, but they don't know quite who to contact, right? And so that's where we step in at the Port Authority. We we have a business development team that works around the clock, uh, intercepting these issues, facilitating solutions, making the connections. I would say to the BCOs who are listening, it's so important to establish those relationships with the marine terminal operators. Uh, know who to call in the event of a challenge or an issue, because that direct connect, Robbie, uh, goes so much farther than having to work through either your your um, your, your 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 quarter or, or your your the shipping line or, or the line structure. Having that direct connect goes a long way in in getting the information the BCO needs in order to access the container, access the status of it. I would also say, you know, learn as much as you can about the process. I mean. Uh, over the last couple of years, uh, maybe a little longer, we've spent a considerable amount of time as, as an organization uh, bringing our BCOs to the port, uh, exposing them to, to the operations, to the shifts, uh, to the gate management protocols, uh, so that they understand what happens once the ship arrives. Often the question we get is, it's sort of like a black box. We don't understand why there are delays once the ship arrives. Why can't I just go get my container? And I think that exposure and, and having the opportunity to hear directly from an MTO and, and connecting with MTO gives them a greater appreciation for the challenges they face. Um, so I would say understanding port operations, developing those relationships with the port authority, but also with the ship with, with, with the terminal operators will go a long way in helping the BCOs troubleshoot uh, their issues. Yeah, that's great. That's great perspective. And I think, uh, yeah, going deeper and then the message here to you know, the BCOs and importers that are listening when your teams are approaching you in terms of that education and that investment, you know, these things are all relevant and, and they're all important. So uh, great, great perspective there, Noel. Um, hey, Noel, I wanted to touch on a comment you had made about, uh, you know, kind of some of the things that happened in the past, whether it was, you know, the port slowdown or, you know, 9-11 we've talked about, right? I mean, those were moments in time that we all had to kind of pivot and figure things out. Um, COVID's been different, right? Because unlike other issues in supply chain, COVID has impacted everyone, right? There is not one person on earth. There is not one supply chain on earth. I, I, I don't believe there's any company on earth that has just completely, you know, not been impacted, whether good or bad, right? I mean, COVID has just touched everything. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we've talked about for a long time is, hey, the fact that it, there has been broad impacts, you've got that shot in the arm impact effect, you've got, you know, things being propelled within supply chain. So, you know, from your standpoint, you know, what um, what are some of the things that if we could have gone back in time and looked at, whether it was technology or education or co-opetition, what are some of the things that we could look back at it and say, hey, if we would have fine-tuned those a little bit, if we would have spent a little bit more time there, uh, we might have come out just a little bit better, maybe even incrementally better on this end. What are the, some of the things that uh, that resonate with you there? 
Sure. What 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 rises to the top for me, Ravi, is a topic we, we covered earlier briefly, and that's uh, the issue of visibility. If we had in, uh, in place a system where visibility was enabled, it was maximized, and, and it was maximized across the end-to-end supply chain, I think a lot of question marks and a lot of issues, a lot of pain points that some of our BCOs uh, endured uh, would have been mitigated, if not eliminated. And, and I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the silos, right? We have to view ourselves as a system of systems. And our collective success depends on our ability to trust each other, to share information that makes each segment of the supply chain be more successful. As a port authority, I think we're in a, in a, in a pretty good spot to try to facilitate that. In fact, that's what we've been trying to do here in Southern California over the past five, six years is try to enable efficiencies by bringing the humans together, bringing their, their operating systems together, bringing the, the different technology platforms together, because ultimately the success of the, of the supply chain will depend on these transfer points, right? And unfortunately, these transfer points often function more like choke, choke points, and we have to overcome that. And so I think that's where visibility plays a key role. Uh, I mentioned a moment ago that, that we put out, we started putting out information daily once the pandemic began, but we actually formalized that in the form of a report we call the WAVE report, the Weekly Advanced Volume Estimate Report that we push out for all of our partners. And it's been received incredibly well because that's the level of visibility they need. The other point I would say, Ravi, is technology. Uh, we're, we are benefiting from the advances in technology. Our industry collectively is benefiting from that. But what I also see is that technology in and of itself is not a solution, it's a tool. But it becomes a solution when it's integrated into the supply chain operations. And I think there's still room to grow and there's still greater opportunities to take these emerging technologies, integrate them into the supply chain and have these platforms communicate with each other. I think that going forward, these are gonna be keys to our ability to become more resilient and to be able to overcome some of these challenges, disruptive uh tremors if you will in the years ahead yeah well well said uh well said no you know that ensuring visibility piece it's just uh you know it's a differentiator today um i think in the future it's going to be table stakes right and uh you know ensuring that visibility you know i i, I don't think anyone has gotten to the holy grail if you will right but uh, companies that you know were able to at least have some level of end-to-end visibility, right? And deep dive into their own nervous system, if you will. Um, you know, companies that were able to model all of the what-if scenarios and build contingency around those um, are the ones that came out a little bit better uh, than, than the ones that didn't, right? And, uh, you know, kind of, you know, springboarding from there, understanding all of those variables, and then, you know, enabling that right capability at that right time, right? You... You've got to work those muscles. And, and just because you don't need it tomorrow or next month or next quarter doesn't mean that you don't build for that and doesn't mean that you don't care for that, right? So I think, you know, enabling that right capability at that right time, you know, ensuring things are ready to, to deploy uh, uh, regardless of whether you're going to deploy them today are, are something that we, we should all be driving for. And, um, you know, in all of this, Noel, you and I have talked about this, but kind of getting 
comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? It's, you know, we're in an exciting environment. Um, and I don't think we should sit here and, and wait for the good old days to come. I think, you know, we need to be comfortable with this uh, challenge, comfortable with this disruption, uh, work those muscles, if you will, so you can continue you know, to uh, uh, manage all of the exciting things that are happening and, and hit everything that gets thrown at us, right? So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, and, and that enables that confidence, you know, and, uh, you know, it's what, what supply chain is all about, right? To, you know, That's to go exactly out and, right. yeah. As, yeah. as they say, Robbie, you never want to let a good crisis go to waste. And I think uh, coming out of this, if all of us agree that that's what we need to make our supply chain more resilient, let's get to work. Let's make it happen because ultimately we all win. And, and, and let me say this about visibility. The absence of visibility actually opens the door to greater inefficiencies because now everyone has to guess and the guesswork turns into hedging. And, and that's where you start seeing the imbalance in equipment, uh, in operations. And, and so we, we have to do a better job of getting to greater visibility. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we've got to leverage the current environment, right? I mean, we're now, again, we've been up-leveled, we've got the spotlight, but there comes responsibility in that, right? How we ask for investment, how we go and influence our stakeholders to say, look beyond next month or next quarter or even this financial year, right? I mean, there's a lot of great incremental things we can do, but, you know, let's look at where we need to invest to ensure, you know, we're getting those long-term wins, right? So Absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. And by the way, that's our message to the to the new administration. That's our message to the Congress, right? Invest mm-hmm. in the supply chain because an investment in the U.S. supply chain is an investment in the U.S. economy. So uh, that's that's our message, and and hopefully uh, all the stars will align and we'll get the improvements to the supply chain that we need. Hey, the future's so bright, we've got to wear shades, right? That's right. By the way, have I told you the shades look great on you, Rob? <laughs> Yeah, we, you know, I try, Noel, I try. Um, I tell you what, I, I wish we were here face to face, you know, I mean, nothing beats a face to face interaction. But you know, we're, we're living an interesting time. So we've got to do this. Um, I want to thank you personally, Noel, uh, for being here, taking the time out in your extremely busy schedule, you know, not only for this chat, not only for Freightways, but you know, you do a lot in terms of you know, sharing and educating folks within the ecosystem. You've done a lot in terms of educating Intel and, and myself over the last uh, few years and months. So, you know, appreciate you being here. Stay safe, my friend, and uh, let's continue to do amazing things. Thank you. That's very kind of you, Robbie, and appreciate the invitation, appreciate your friendship, and look forward to reconnecting with you as well. Great. You have a great day. You as well. Take care. Bye, Noel. Bye-bye.